Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88. The Los Angeles Rams have emerged victorious in the Super Bowl over the Cincinnati Bengals. And as you can imagine, our Ravens fan, Justin, he's crying a river over it. He's been very heartbroken. He's been upset. Most out of all of us for this loss. But anyways, I'm Adam Wright with Justin Tucker, Justin Hill, CJ Medeiros. We have the entire Fumble Rooski crew with you tonight to recap this Super Bowl. And it was a pretty good one. Uh, I'm not going to lie. The, the ending of it pissed me off a little bit. We're gonna, but we're, we'll talk about that a little bit coming up. But uh, we have a lot planned for you tonight. We're going to recap Sunday's eventful Super Bowl matchup. We'll talk about the Bengals' future after this loss. We have our fan box, as always, and for our new listeners, I'll explain what that is when we get to it. But first, uh, let's get to our takeaways from last night's matchup. So, as I mentioned before, the Rams won the Super Bowl by a final score of 23-20. to Cooper Cup won Super Bowl MVP. Veterans such as Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, OBJ, they finally get a ring. So, since... Uh, Guys, let's get into our uh, – any takeaways from this Super Bowl? The Ravens have the most recent Super Bowl. Let's go. Absolutely, the Ravens rule the North. So, sorry, Bengals. Better luck next year if the Ravens will allow it, which we won't, by the way. You guys got lucky this year. Nice try, buckos. But your time is done. Eli Apple's a scrub. Joe Burrow, you have my respect. Should have had better play calling. Shouldn't had Eli Apple out the game because he's a burnt piece of toast. Um, my hat's off to the Los Angeles Rams. I thought they played a solid game. I wouldn't say a good game. I wouldn't say a great game, but I think they played a good enough game to win that uh, to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I believe some questionable play calling down the line did screw over the Bengals a little bit, but overall, I thought it was a good game and the right team went went over in the end. Let's go Rams. All right, Jay Hill. This Super Bowl, it was a it was an intense ball game between two great teams that deserved to be there. Um, Joe Burrow put up a terrific performance. So did Matthew Stafford. Um, Aaron Donald put on the show. Jamar Chase, for example, like he made Jalen Ramsey look like a fool in that game. And um Regarding with the game, it was good until the end. Um, there weren't a lot of flags in the game. I loved how the referees, they let the boys play. Like you saw, the, for, ex- for example, Aaron Donald's getting a little bit with it with the Bengals and then throw no flags. Hey, it was a good game. There was only maybe like a few – there was only maybe like one or two flags throughout the first three quarters, if I believe. Up and then just the – it just – yeah. And then like all of a sudden in the fourth quarter when there's maybe like one thirty left in the game, there's like three straight flags on – on a, on a ridiculous play on that third down, that was not a flag. Yes, it was. The second one, the second one was a flag because it had a hard hit, but people didn't realize until I saw, obviously, that the Rams, all of a sudden, they they, they should have been charged for um an, an offensive penalty right there, but I have a lot of things to say. CJ, you go ahead. Huh. That was a really enjoyable Super Bowl, let me tell you. And as I mentioned before, I could be happy who won. I'm so happy for the Rams. More specifically, I'm happy for Matt Stafford. You waste away in the wasteland known as Detroit, Michigan. And your first year out, you win a ring. 
and all the Salty Lions fans had to swallow the fact that he was not, in fact, the problem. Aaron Donald, probably going to go down as the best defensive tackle of all time, has a ring. Jalen Ramsey, like, best corner in the NFL since, like, 2017, got a ring. Odell Beckham, electrifying when healthy, got a ring. Cooper Cup, best receiver in the NFL, got a ring. My man Andrew Whitworth, kicking butt as a blindside blocker at 40, finally has a ring against his former He's gonna team. going to retire with it, too. Oh, yeah. And I'm just – Good way to end a career. Yeah. and Sorry, continue. When I look at the penalties, you could. You could say that maybe the refs ruined that game. But since he also got away with a lot of stuff, both teams got away with a lot. I don't think the outcome was personally affected because the Rams are going to score that touchdown, whether you like it or not. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, overall, I would say it was a good Super Bowl. And I'm I'm just going to tip my hat to the L.A. Rams. You, uh, You guys earned it, and I'm happy for, like, all your guys. All right. So before I start on my little rant, let me just get give out the congrats to and a tip of a cap, as CJ said, to the Los Angeles Rams. They deserve it more than any more than any team out there. You know, they went in, they went all in ever since, you know, 2016 when they went when they traded for Jared Goff. And, you know, then they then they go out and they they trade that guy and a couple other picks for Matthew Stafford. They went all in and they did it. And there's no one more deserving than Matthew Stafford who played his ass off in Detroit with nothing to show for it. That being said, the ultimate, what ultimately decided this game was Cincinnati's offensive line. That is that sort of caught up, caught up with them. And that's what got, that's what lost them the game. You know, Burrow was sacked seven times and he was, and he was hit an additional six times. However, this game was very, very entertaining until the very end of the game, that final drive, at the end of that drive, when the Rams were in, you know, they were in the red zone trying to get in the, get in the end zone, and the refs decided to make it about them at the worst oh possible goodness. time. First of all, um, the the refs weren't that, weren't that good throughout the game. They there was a missed there was a missed face mask on Bengals T Higgins. So, so I'm not going to try and say this was bias and you know to say that there's an asterisk next to any win just because of the refs. That's stupid. Refs are not perfect. However, this is a pretty bad time to be bad. Uh, so there was a holding call on number 55 uh, for the for the Bengals. I forgot his name. Logan Wilson uh, on a crucial on a crucial play that ball would have been that you know it was an it was a great play by the by number fifty five the defender for the Bengals he he goes and he slaps it away that would have been fourth down from what like the eight the eight yard line and it the Bengals probably would have come out victorious I don't want to we're obviously going to play the shoulda coulda woulda game at that point but also on that same exact play on that same play. If you look at that play, when the ball is snapped, before it's snapped, the entire offensive line moves for the Rams. So there, there, there was a blatant, blatant false start penalty that was not called, which was another huge problem. Just the refs getting in the way of what could, probably could have been a victory for the Bengals. Then the very next play, 
there's another there's two offsetting penalties. One of them was a legitimate penalty, uh, pass interference call on the Bengals. The other one was an unnecessary roughness, helmet to helmet hit on what was it, Eli Apple, on to Cooper Cup. You go look at that at that play. It was more I. You can see the helmet contact, but it looked like he was trying to lead with his shoulder. And Cooper Cup kind of went when he caught the ball. He went down. It was sort of it was it was a borderline call that you should not make. And that could if if they called that penalty, then the Rams would have had to move back even further. And now you look at the other the other call uh, the pass interference call on Eli Apple. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a penalty. That's a penalty. Yeah. But still, either way. It was just bad, and then I then even then after the the Rams score, fast forward to the very end of the game. This is the final drive for the Bengals. That play calling at the end was horrendous. On their last set of downs, okay, let's look at let's look at this final drive. So they get to second and one, to around midfield. Burrow took a deep shot with nobody around. It was just a. It felt like a waste of a down to me. I understand second second down, and if there's a shot to to take, you take that shot because you know it's it's Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase. You take that shot, but there was nobody home. Make that shot count. Throw a check down or something. Try to get get the first down. Don't go for you, a field goal ties the game at this point. Then at, then it's third and one. You hand the ball not to Joe Mixon, who's been who had been running his, out of his mind throughout that whole game. You run it to Samahe Pirine. Are you serious? Are you serious? And he didn't even get there. He got, and then it got to fourth and less than one. He dropped back to pass. You mm-hmm. dropped back to pass. You just go go for the QB sneak. Go for the QB sneak, but you drop back. With that front seven that's been putting Joe Burrow on his ass all game, oh my God, that was just—it was just pathetic. The the that was a great Super Bowl, but the the ending of it really just infuriated me. Oh man, would 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 just stop already? Would just stop. First off, those penalties were justified. If you want to say the Logan Wilson one was ticky tack, that's fine. But every other penalty that was called was justified. The one on Eli Apple, deservedly. And also, I'm very happy that Eli Apple gave up the game-winning touchdown. And he hasn't been talking as much as of lately. I wonder why. But overall, uh, uh, today's just been uh, – it's just been a good week so far now that the Rams have won and the Bengals are losers. That's the other all. penalty the other penalty that was called shouldn't have been called. The What's other, one? The other yeah. one in the back of the end zone where there were offsetting penalties, the one on the Bengals should not have been called. They were that was a stupid penalty. So, my issue me, like – been like a loss of downs. Indeed. What's that? I have one more thing that. So my issue going with that game towards the end, Adam, is how a lot of people are trying to relate Aaron Donald to Lawrence Taylor. So let me say something right here. So I know CJ said like Aaron Donald's like one of the best like linemen of all time. But let's but let but let's not forget one thing, you guys. Aaron Donald's no Lawrence Taylor. It's like what it's like what Bill Belichick said about like when when someone was trying to mention Khalil Max Lawrence Taylor. Khalil Max no Lawrence Taylor. Right? People are trying to say like. Aaron Donald is better than Lawrence Taylor. But listen, let's let's listen to this. Right as of right now, Aaron Donald is in fact the number two greatest defender of all time. Number one is LT. Let's point that right there, right there. Okay. Because I'm tired of hearing people saying at the Super Bowl how, oh, yes, no, no question Aaron Donald made a made a tough stop on Joe Burrow. Because listen, without Aaron Donald, 
Joe Burrow would have made probably thrown that ball to Jamar Chase, who was wide open, like what you said before, Adam, or that other guy could have caught it. But listen, Aaron Donald did save the Super Bowl. But let's not forget this thing, man. Never compare nobody to Lawrence Taylor or try to mention a great defender. But regarding, regarding with the game, the referees did mess that game up, and it caused the Bengals to win the ball game before we move along. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I, I don't want to. I don't. Right I don't there. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like putting asterisks next to next to wins because of the refs, as I said, because refs are human. But that was a that was pretty that was a pretty pathetic performance on their part. And you you need to. It's on the NFL to hire the best possible refs for these games so that this doesn't happen. And I don't feel like they did that. They missed a lot of plays and they called a lot of borderline things at the wrong time. They made it about themselves at the at literally the worst possible time and that and that really sucks to me that just sucks in fact the referees that should be referenced should have 10 to 20 years experience that's all i gotta say though all right well moving on uh we're gonna talk about how the rams uh you know they went into this all-in approach and they and it paid off and we're gonna look about look at how other teams are looking at the rams and how they might want to it might turn into a bit of a copycat league. We'll get into that next. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88. Adam Wright, Justin Tucker, Justin Hill, CJ Medeiros. We have the full crew on to talk about the Super Bowl today. So it is no secret that the Rams in recent years have gone all in with building their team. It's been by, by now, ask questions later. They've been making trades ever since the team moved to LA. In fact, they haven't had a first round pick since 2016 and they won't have a first round pick until 2024. So that just tells you how all in they've went just to sort of summarize what they've done recently, just recently because there's a lot of players that aren't on the team anymore that they gave up significant capital for. Uh, so there's they traded for Jalen Ramsey, giving up two first-round picks. They traded for Von Miller, giving up a second round and a third-round pick. And let's not forget Mr. Matthew Stafford, who they traded Matthew Stafford, who they they traded their former number one pick, who they also gave up significant draft draft capital for, and two firsts and a third. So you can make a case that Jared Goff was a throw-in in that deal. That's how big that deal was. So after all of these moves in recent years, the win-now approach finally paid off for them. So do we think there's going to be other teams following suit? Is this going to become the new norm, guys? You know what? I want to take this. I hate to say this because this mode of winning makes me sick. But I think it's going to become the new norm. I cannot speak to who's going to do it next, but I just know it's going to happen. And everybody whines about how tanking ruins the parody of sports leagues. But this, what, what is this? I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like an old fan at heart. But this is stupid. There's no effort in this. There's no careful design or drafting or savvy spending. This is literally buying a championship. The Rams bought a championship. Tampa last year bought a championship. 
That's what it is. And it's like, you know what the thing is? You only hurt yourself because, yeah, you have a nice shiny trophy to clutch onto as your team falls apart around you. The Rams don't have squat in the way of draft capital for a few more seasons, and they're going to be in the deep, dark depths of cap hell for a while. And let me ask you, you get one trophy out of it. Is it worth it where you're going to have to rebuild for like five, six more seasons? I I don't know. It's just I think it's going to happen, but I don't think teams should do it. I, I really don't. Because I, because, and I cannot stress this enough, you are hurting yourself. Because it's like, yeah, congrats. You sacrificed six years of the future to have like a two-year championship window. And here's the thing. You got to be careful because if you fall short, you're going to look like a moron. And you have screwed your team for nothing. All right. Well, we just lost Tuck. Oh, here's Tuck is back. But uh, Justin? I definitely agree Hill. with you there, CJ, because regarding what you say, you make a valid point regarding with teams giving up a lot of draft picks, getting players such an example. Like you're really costing your franchise in the in the near future. We've seen this in all in all around sports. We're talking baseball, basketball, and now we're more seen in the NFL. Like what you're saying, CJ, and I definitely agree with you on that. However, regarding with the situation, which which is so spectacular, is how these teams they've been able to give up so much and all of a sudden win a championship. Like, and, and this besides, we're seeing the market this offseason. Could we see teams, for example, like the Broncos do this? Could we see teams like the Raiders, maybe the Giants? Could we see teams do this attack, uh, do this scenario? Well, I'm a Giant fan, but we're never going to do that because the team is ridiculous. But at the same time, could we definitely see teams do this possibility? Like, it's really amazing how, like, with the Rams, and I said this on last week's podcast, that the Rams did not win this win this game after all they gave up. Your season is a failure. Well, their season turned out to not be a failure. But at the same time, will teams go on and do this, like, for the near future? Looking at the Denver Broncos right now. The Denver Broncos, they're hiring old Packers coordinators, former coordinators, and this and that. Could they possibly get Rodgers? Could, like – the Raiders do something this offseason. You're hearing stuff like, for example, Derek Carr. They might give him 40 mil. You don't never know. Maybe the, Ra- the Raiders can change their mind and say, oh, can we win now? This is going to go on everywhere. And I could definitely see this going on like every single year now. All right. Tuck? I don't think every single team will be able to do that because every single team's cap is a different situation. For an example, I don't see the Saints doing it anytime soon because they are in literal cap hell and they will have to get rid of some players and quite frankly in the very very near future and so when i look at certain teams cap cap situations can i see other teams trying to do this yeah but i don't think other teams can pull this off based on cap situations and the amount of money they're allowed to splurge on players it just isn't like that so i think it may happen. Uh, more teams may try to do this, but I don't think it'll work in the long run. Like, it'll change the league for the for the long term because I don't think every every NFL team can do this. Let me ask you this, Justin. Though, do you think the Ravens would do something like this on a serious note? Hell no. No, I don't think no. they can. Do they have the cap space? No, no, no. For the They're not gonna assets? because because the, the Ravens are a competently run organization. I'm going to – it's like, you know, because you all got some smart people, 
And anyone would tell you that is asinine to trade away six years of your future, five, six seasons for two seasons. And like I said, this is like what, the epitome of high risk, high reward. I really what if you win the Super Bowl in those it. two years? If you win a Super Bowl, well, I think it's worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. But it's a very big if. And you don't know how injuries are going to play out. And you, know, you don't know if the players going to like demand a trade. You don't know. This could blow up in your face spectacularly. And I really don't think it's worth the risk. So here, here's why. Here's so it's obviously going to going to continue, but I don't think I'm I'm sure teams on teams definitely understand the repercussions that come along with this. When you mention, you know, they bought these rings, they bought all these players. It's as if it's like an unfair game. It is a fair game because they there's 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 things that go there's causes to what you do. Like for example. If you spend through your face in free agency, you're going to be in cap hell for years to come. And if you trade all your assets to, you know, all your first round picks, you know, the Rams, once that once this window is over, they're going to be back in the dark ages where they were earlier on in this decade. Yeah, you know, they're, they're not going to have their and that's that's that was their choice to do. They wanted to go all in for the Super Bowl and they and they did that. And they're probably and in let's let's say four years from now, it's not gonna they're not gonna be that good. And that's that's that was their choice. I'm fine with that. Honestly, it's okay. I don't, I'm okay with a non-conservative approach every now and then. The situation varies by the team. You know, there's some play, there's some teams where you know the cupboard is bare. They can't afford to go all in, and they they need to go in the rebuilding. You know, through the draft and free agency type of thing. But there are some teams with all these assets, you know, that like a Tampa Bay who was one, who was one piece away from being a Super Bowl, from a, for a quarterback from being a Super Bowl contender. They went and did it. There were the Rams who were only a couple pieces away. They went and did it. But there are other teams that are just not in that position. And honestly, I'm not. A, I'm not opposed to it. I kind of like it. I do. In my and it makes eyes, the offseason yeah. a lot more. It makes the offseason a lot more interesting. In my eyes, Adam. I agree with you, Justin, CJ, and also you, Adam. However, when you say salary cap, I don't believe in the salary cap, man, in the NFL. Why? Because it's up to the owners. They really want to spend the money they really want to spend. These these owners can, like, terminate your contract any single minute. And we've seen this for years. We've seen owners terminate big contracts, such as, like, for example, Michael Vick, Antonio Brown, a bunch of a bunch of players. But at the same exact time, it's up to the owners that they really want to go all out. I understand you have a salary cap. I understand they're like teams in debt, but like I don't believe in the whole salary cap scenario, man. I'm sorry, I just don't. Well, I don't want to believe in it either, but it appears that it's a it is a real thing because it keeps it keeps teams from getting the players that they want. So exactly, as the long giant, as it does that, yeah, yeah exactly. You know, as the long as it does that, like, sorry, continue. So uh, teams might be able to go go a little bit all uh, you know over in the under the table, but you know it's hard to get away with paying somebody like um, like these huge contracts when you're in cap hell. Yeah, kind of like the Giants, they need help, but they're like ten mil over. Exactly. All right. Well, yeah. anyways, uh, we talked a, li- a lot so far about the Rams and about the game. Uh, how about how are the Bengals going to end up doing? We're gonna. Uh, we're going to talk about the Bengals next. This is the Fumble Ruski podcast. Stay tuned. 
All right, welcome back, welcome back. We have a packed house tonight. Adam Wright, Justin Hill, Justin Tucker, CJ Medeiros. So, the Bengals, despite losing the Super Bowl, they do have no shortage of resources heading into the 2022 season. They have a good young core on the offensive side of the ball. They still need improvement on the offensive line and defense, but they have and they have several key free agents, uh, such as Bates, Uzama, but they're fourth in the league in total cap space with over 56 mil, and they still have the draft with all of their assets to use. So what do you guys think of the outlook of the Bengals after this Super Bowl loss? If you want me to be serious about it, they should have a positive outlook. They were supposed to be a bus team, and instead they made it to a Super Bowl. So if I was them, I'd look into free agency, try to get a premier guard or tackle so they can pair up with what they have already there. Now, with that said, they also need to look in the draft to find that potential bookend to help Jonah Williams on the other side. If they can find a bookend for Jonah Williams, they'll be fine on the O-line. If they can get another guard that's on the market that's actually good, then this can be a phenomenal a formidable team in the future. They still need to fix that defense, mainly that secondary, because, my God, they can't keep Eli Apple there because that's just ridiculous. He has proven to you he is not a shutdown corner. And so if I was them, I'd try to look in the draft to get a actually number one corner. And I think there's corners in the first round that, that will be available when they are there to pick. So I'm like, if – I have the money, the cash space, and the resources to go out and get these players. I have a pretty positive outlook for the Cincinnati Bengals if I was a fan of them. But unfortunately, I'm not. They can go screw themselves. All right. CJ? I I agree with Tuck. I I really do. Bengals are the fourth most cap space. There's no reason that you can't re-sign Jesse Bates. And not to mention, you have enough money to grab another good O-lineman. And you have the draft. If you're the Bengals, I know what it feels like to lose the Super Bowl, you know, as a, as a Pats fan. It sucks. But there's no reason you can't be back. I mean, the only, I mean, look at your division. The The Browns have old um, – the commercial man is their quarterback. Baker. The Steelers, no, oh, they're nah, – I, I don't trust them. And the only team you'd have to worry about is probably the Ravens. And, I mean, you beat the Chiefs twice this season. You upset the the Titans. You've shown you can hang with anyone. I mean, Super Bowl isn't a blowout. You hung with the Rams. So there is absolutely no reason to worry about the Bengals. They play their cards right. They spend their money wisely. They will be back. All right. Jay Hill? I definitely agree with you guys right there. If you're you're the Bengals, you've made it all the way to the season. And if you're – Bengals owner Mike Brown, for example, you need to say to yourself, okay, we made it all the way to the Super Bowl. Do we, how can we prove ourselves? One thing I would approve if I was an owner is you need to get a better O-line. You saw Joe Burrow being sacked for a record, almost a record, nine times in the AFC divisional, round. divisional game, divisional, yeah, divisional game. Storm gets sacked a couple times against a poor Chiefs defense. And in the Super Bowl, he barely got sacked, but at the same time, they could have done better towards the end. I would look towards getting a better offensive line and maybe some defensive threads so they help you gain to win a game at the same time and also with, with the Bengals you have a bright future you have a quarterback of Joe Burrow who just won comeback play of the year you have Jamar Chase who won offensive rookie of the year like your team is set for the future as of right now but right now 
you're you need to just aim to win now because you were at least um two minutes to win the Super Bowl, and then stuff happens in life, but it happened in the game. But at the same time, you need to you need to give yourself a thumbs up because you came all the way from being a walker team, being clowned around by the by the league, to then making all the way to the Super Bowl. That's a that's an improvement you need to be proud of. But now you need to focus on your mind, the real future ahead of what is gonna take place moving forward. We don't want to be a team that was just there and lost. No, we need to think about legit future. Whether or not they're set up for the future is not the question. It's mainly how they're going to bounce back from this loss as such a young team. Because there is an ongoing narrative, whether you like that or not, that the teams that lose the Super Bowl are not the same the year after. No matter if you financially and uh, talent-wise have all your ducks in a row, the team that loses the Super Bowl never goes back. Or they, There's been what, seven teams who have been able to go back to the Super Bowl and only two of them have been able to win. And, you know, as such a young team, that's what I'm worried about is whether, you know, uh, you know, it's all, it, it's been able, this is something that's been able to, to eat away at players who are at, you know, older teams. And this young team, that's tough. Now, I do think this team will be back and competitive, but I'm not sure if they'll be able to win the Super Bowl. I'm sure they can be in some form of contention, but um, and they will get better talent-wise. They are they have a great young core, as we mentioned before. That offensive line is going to get better. They're going to shore up that defense a little bit more. They need a better corner other than Eli Apple. That guy is just and the way he talks, man. He just he like he writes checks that he can't cash. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, that guy just can't do it. Uh, they need to re-sign Jesse Bates. They need to Brent. They need to work on that offensive line. But other than that, I think this team is. I think this team is going in a, a good direction. They just need to. I want to. I want to make sure that they're mentally. Uh, they're mentally tough enough to bounce back from this. I hope they are mentally tough enough. Mentally tough enough to remove the Ravens' foot from their ass. But I think they are mentally tough enough. Uh, so looking at the Super Bowl as an event, what did you guys think of it? We'll get into that next. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. I'm Adam Wright, Justin Hill, Justin Tucker, CJ Medeiros. We got the whole crew tonight. Looking at the Super Bowl as an event, uh, Eminem, Dr. Dre, Kendrick Lamar, Snoop Dogg, 50 Cent, Mary Day J. Is it Blige? Yes. Blige? yes. I, don't, I don't know her too well. So the Super Bowl ads, the game itself. What did you guys feel? How how'd you guys feel about this Super Bowl sort of as an event, deviating sort of from the game? It made me want to sit down on my couch and watch the whole thing. Like this was a, this was a great halftime show that I've seen in a long time. My years living, I think what people come to their mind to their place is how the halftime show needed to improve, and it finally did. It, the halftime show used to be a thing where you just like do what you do, go to the store real quickly. Be back in 30 minutes before the next half, but this year it was really phenomenal. You saw a lot of legend rappers, including singers, sing. It, it was it was just it was just great, and it was legendary. I think that was like the second greatest Super Bowl halftime show of all time. Number one will, in my opinion, will be Michael Jackson. Third will be Prince, but this here, this second because it featured all artists from different like. From, from, from different parts of the United States, you have Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre from California. You have Eminem from Detroit, 50 Cent 
from New York. I think Mary J. Blige, I think she's from New York or Maryland. I might I may be wrong, but at the same time, it was a really great thing to see. And like great and ju- and just a great day for like music in general for like all and like seeing like entertainment for once, not just like just sitting there, like not knowing who someone is, like, but at the same time, like these are names that people should know. So it was it was really great to see. Uh CJ. I for once enjoyed the halftime show. And I usually hate the halftime show. I think they're pointless. I never I never care about the Super Bowl as an event. I just watch the game. But this, this, I liked. And in my humble opinion, it's the best halftime show the league has had since 2014, which was, I think, was Katy Perry. Because I remember I saw it, I said, oh, this ain't half bad. But this, I, I was really thrilled with it. I mean, these are some really good artists. But, uh, I mean, I'm not a big music guy. But even I could appreciate that, that this... This was quite the show, and the Super Bowl as an event, uh, yeah, it was good. I mean, you know, that halftime show, I was really actually excited for as soon as they announced it was going to be performing. So yeah, I really don't, you know, have that many have that much thoughts on. Like I said, I'm uh, not the world's biggest music guy. Uh, well, CJ, your your dad actually responded, just commented under our uh, under our live stream, said you too halftime show after 9/11 was the best ever. What do you think of that? He's not lying. I mean, I mean, I watched it on YouTube. It was pretty darn good. I would, I would argue. Nice. All right, talk. I couldn't see it live because I had to leave because of a you know terrible snowstorm at Adam's house. So <laughs> we had to leave early. But when I actually got Relatable. back to the place and saw it, uh, I enjoyed. I really enjoyed it. I saw Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop, Kendrick. Please drop some more music, Kendrick. I need it. Uh, this is another thing I forgot. Kendrick Lamar, man. Shout out to him, man. Mm-hmm. I forgot almost about him. And then there was Mary J. Blige. They did a phenomenal job with it from the music to the setup to the appeal. It, it was a nice little halftime show. It was, I enjoyed it fairly a lot. Uh, I wish they did more songs, though. I, it was a throwback for me, and I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, this was, uh, you know, I usually just watch for the game. And the Super Bowl ads in recent years have been eh, subpar. There's been some good ones, but these ones are actually pretty good. I went back and watched some of them because I was just so invested in watching the game. I always am that I have to kind of go back on YouTube and look at all of the best commercials. But they were—I thought there were there were some pretty good ones. We'll get into that ne- uh, uh, next on the on the fan box. But uh, you know, we have—I thought you know—I've never really even liked. I, I always knocked the Super Bowl halftime show before it even happened because I would look at what, who they chose to do and I'd be like, really? They're so mainstream or, you know, they're just not this. But this was pretty good. I, I've always been a fan of Eminem, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, 50 Cent. It felt like this was such a fan service for a lot of people because they were like, you know, we always choose these mainstream artists. Let's choose some guys who like people actually like love and respect. Not that no disrespect to all the other people, just, you know, something that, you know, a lot of people like that touched a different portion of the audience, not just the mainstream people who are just, they just love everything that's popular. Um, but anyways, um, coming up next, we have the Fumble Ruski fan box. This is the Fumble Ruski podcast. You're listening to the Fumble Ruski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. 
I'm Adam Wright with Justin Tucker, Justin Hill, CJ Medeiros. All right, so we've reached towards the end of our show, and that means we are on to the Fumble Rooski fan box. So what that is is we post a question filter on our Instagram story every Monday, and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more, and we will discuss it and give you a shout-out on our podcast. So respond to next week's fan box question to be featured on our show. All right, so our first – so the question – the Fumble Rooski – Fan, uh, the question of the week, what was your favorite Super Bowl commercial? So the, our first response was from Josh Jenkins. He said the QR code. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was watching that box just hit every yeah. side of the TV, I was just waiting for it to hit the corner. And that's what I was rooting for. I, was, I didn't really scan the QR code. I know a lot of people looked at it for that, but what did you guys think of that? Not a fan. I mean, when I saw, you know, I was I was at your house watching the Super Bowl with uh, Justin, and uh, yeah, I thought, yeah, Tuck, I thought the TV had gone out. I'm like, oh, I was like, oh, hell, in the middle of the Super Bowl, and then it was uh, our, our friend Dylan who, who scanned the QR code, and it turns out it was uh, for like some crypto garbage, and and I was uh, put out. I was put out because I was a I I I didn't like it. I liked that, it just because I was I was rooting for it to hit the corner. Yeah. Um, and it didn't, did it? It did. It, it did it right at the end. We all we all there was. I think that was the most uh, that was the most hyped up we got, even more than the the entire Super Bowl. To be honest, you, you know, weren't there. That's how crazy it is. You didn't. You weren't there when we had to go back and we had to watch the final two minutes of it. That was the most hyped we were. Oh yeah. Yeah, this is not lying. But no, 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 no. All jokes aside, like, no. Do not. That's what you get. Two thumbs down. That's what you get for making me think that the TV's broken. Apparently, and apparently the the website that they they were that the QR code brought you to, it it crashed because all those people were just all go tuning into that one spot at the same time and it just which is expected. But CJ, you said and you can explain your own answer. Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness trailer. Now, I said I'm not a music guy, but I am a Marvel guy. And gosh, that trailer looked awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, Things just got out of hand. Oh, yeah. Patrick Stewart has been confirmed for it. Yeah. You know, because you heard him in the trailer. You know, they're bringing Elizabeth Olsen in, you know, as Scarlet Witch, you know, and Doctor Strange and. They're bringing back Mordo from the first Doctor Strange movie, which I really much liked. And the effects look awesome. They're going to introduce so many characters. And long story short, I'm, di- I'm, I'm dying to see what happens. I haven't been this hyped up for a movie since Spider-Man No Way Home. That wasn't that long ago. I know. That doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't say much. Yeah, but still, I was, I was still hyped for it. What were you more hyped up for? Just give me a quick answer because we do want to whip through these answers through these uh, uh, fan box answers. But uh, what were you more hyped up for? Endgame or Infinity – Endgame or slash Infinity War or No Way Home? No – honestly, No Way Home because I love Spider-Man. No Way Home. And the, okay. the possibility of three Spider-Men, oh, that was – that was something you had to see for yourself. All right. Well, our next response was Brian Mucker who said the Mayo commercial. So what that was was – What? Of course he would say that. 
Yeah, because it was a commercial where where Gerard Mayo was just sacking random people at a Super Bowl party, and he uh, he he sacked Pete Davidson. Donnie it was pretty entertaining. What was that? Kanye would have loved it. Yeah. Oh, I bet he I bet he did love yeah. it. You know, I wonder what it is like to be at at the Super Bowl because I bet you're missing out on all those Super Bowl ads unless they play them on the the jumbotron or something. I think they might play them on the jumbotron. Honestly, I never care about Super Bowl ads. It'd be I really don't. They, didn't. they can be pretty fun, and like I love the effort that people put in them. Sometimes they can be annoying, but all right. So our last response was from Sean Howe, who said. NFL bring down the house. So that was, I believe, that was the the trailer where, where it was the, it was the commercial where everybody sort of came out of the, everybody came out of the, uh, of the TV and they were all, they were all the play, the players were all animated and they were all just trashing the house. And then the parents yeah. come home and it was right when they, when they go back into the TV and they're the trap, the house is all trashed and they're like, what the hell happened here? something like that i don't know i thought it was kind of cute it was it was an adorable commercial seeing all the players animated watching derrick henry truck people except he's animated it was enjoyable it was a fun commercial all right all right guys well any more thoughts before we end the show here eric weddle finally got a ring i'm happy for him as a former ravens player uh congratulations enjoy retirement now there we go exactly a lot of players got their first ring on that Rams team. I'm really happy for that whole entire roster. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Maybe not Jalen Ramsey. I don't love that guy. He's uh, he has a he bit of an attitude. Jalen Ramsey? Yeah, I thought he was your favorite player. I do not like Jalen Ramsey. You're, you're being sarcastic. All right. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Be sure to tune in to us live at 730 on Twitter and Facebook through Fans Only Sports Network. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all, all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, and much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FungbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Over and out.